there. You are listening to the Love and Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Sherry Johnson, and I am on this earth to help you recover emotionally, physically, and spiritually from miscarriage. It's definitely my calling. It wasn't all that long ago that I too suffered three miscarriages of my own and six years of infertility. And I really know how painful and lonely the journey can be. Over those six years, I developed some really solid tools for releasing the emotional pain of loss and for truly healing from the inside out. And I'm here to share them all with you so that you can feel like yourself again. So if you've had a miscarriage or experienced the loss that infertility brings, because there is a loss there too, you are in the right place. And I'm so grateful that you're taking the first step toward healing by joining me today. Let's get started. Hey there, and welcome back. You are listening to episode number 30 on the Love and Loss podcast, and today I'll be sharing the secret to getting all the support you need after a pregnancy loss. As you know, if you're listening to this, the path through grief after a pregnancy loss or miscarriage can be a pretty lonely one. And I'm going to teach you the one thing you need to do in order to feel supported instead of alone and misunderstood. In this episode, I will share why some of your family and friends have not supported you in the way that you thought they would or should. I'll share the different types of support out there and why they're not working for you. I'll share where to find all the support you need anytime you need it. And it might be where you least expect it. And I also encourage you to stay tuned until the end, as I have a special free gift for you today that I'm going to tell you about, and you'll find it in the show notes at sherryjohnson.ca slash 30. If you've recently experienced a pregnancy loss of any kind, it's likely that you're feeling lonely and misunderstood by your friends and family who just can't relate to what you're going through. I was there once. After my first loss, I didn't know anyone who'd had a miscarriage. It turns out that I did. I just had never heard them talk about it. The doctors weren't much help in pointing me in the direction of support either. So I didn't really know where to look. And many of my friends and family actually knew that I was pregnant. During my first pregnancy, I, I found I actually found out that I was seven weeks pregnant about a week before I was leaving for an all-inclusive vacation wedding. And half my friends were actually going to be going to this all-inclusive resort for a week and for this wedding. And so I kind of had to tell them all because I wasn't going to be drinking. And if I didn't have at least one cocktail, there was somebody was going to be alerted to the fact that I was pregnant anyways. So I told them all, and then I had to tell them all when I miscarried as well. And yet I felt so confused and alone when none of them really had any clue what I was going through. I really wanted to be comforted more than I actually even realized I wanted to be nurtured. I wanted someone to take care of me. And what I got instead 
was silence for the most part, or maybe some words of comfort that really weren't all that comforting. The, at least, you know, you can get pregnant sorts of comments and it's not their fault. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about this um, because there is no judgment or, or blame that I have for them. Uh, at least not anymore. The reason that we all feel unsupported is that we're looking for that support in all the wrong places. And when you think about it, why would anyone who hasn't experienced a pregnancy loss know how to support someone while they're going through it? When you think about that, you know, when someone that we know has some type of, of grief that they're going through, and we've never experienced it, it's also very hard for us to support them. So it it actually kind of works both ways. And I actually feel the same way sometimes, even when I just, I complain to my husband about an issue that I'm having at work. He doesn't understand it. He doesn't want to see me in pain. So he either tries to fix it for me, or he tells me just to stop complaining. And that is just frustrating. And it's the same when we share something about our grief. Um, when we get a response like that, somebody trying to fix it or someone trying to shove it under the carpet, it's, it's equally frustrating. In fact, it's probably more so because it's a much deeper type of, of pain that we're in. I want to tell you about this book that I read a couple of years ago. I found myself listening to a memoir written by Glennon Doyle. You might've heard of it. It's called Love Warrior and it's phenomenal by the way. I'll put the link to that in the show notes as well, just in case you want to pick it up. Um, She said something in that book that was so profound to me, something about her own experience with pain. She said, most often the listener makes it harder for me by trying to make it easier for her. I'm going to say that again because it really, let it sink in because it really had a profound effect on me. Most often the listener makes the pain harder for me by trying to make it easier for her. It really resonated with me and it helped me understand my friends and family's perspective. We have an innate desire to keep ourselves from feeling pain. It's very human to try to avoid pain. Um, In fact, it's not just human. It's it's something you'll find in in the entire animal kingdom. And because it's it's so natural for, for humans to avoid pain, it becomes very difficult for our loved ones to simply sit with us and watch us in pain. That's painful for them. So they'll actually try to feel less pain. So Glennon in her book actually goes on to describe six reactions to pain. And by the way, I'm not going to do justice to these, but I'm going to share them with you. I would really encourage you to read the book. So the, the six different types of reactions to pain are this. So number one, there are what Glennon calls shovers. They kind of shove things under the carpet into a tidy pile. These are the people that say things like everything happens for a reason or God has a plan or it's darkest before the dawn. 
This, this is the friend who needs you to start moving forward. She needs you to make progress and she needs to edit your story so that it fits inside of her own. Those are Glennon's words. Um, she needs to edit your story. So it fits inside of, inside of her own story and her own story is this, this is going to be a blessing. It's a blessing in disguise or good things happen to good people is what she wants to believe. She doesn't want to believe that bad things can happen to good people. So she's going to tell herself and you that God has a plan that everything happens for a reason. So those are the, that's, those are the shovers. That's the the one reaction, the first reaction to pain. Number two is the comparer. So this is the woman who nods while listening, but then she responds with her own story. So she has a need to deflect pain and to file it in some way. And this is also really human nature. We, we like to file things. We like to categorize them. So what she does is compare it with either her own story. She compares your story with someone else's story. And you end up listening to a story about someone else who went through quote unquote, the same thing. And what it makes you feel like is that you're just not that special. And I want to tell you, I've been on both sides of this. I've heard people do this to me when I'm sharing something about my story, but I also caught myself doing it to someone else just the other day. And so this woman was telling me about something that had happened to her at work that was really bothering her. She felt a lot of shame around it and she felt really, really bad about it and was really beating herself up. And I was really, after having read, read Love Warrior Uh, I really was trying to, to sit with her in her pain and just listen and, and just allow her to speak her mind and voice what was going on with her. And then I found myself saying, telling my own story, a similar story, something that had happened to me at work. And at the end of it, I actually probably made her feel worse because My story in the end was worse. And what I found myself saying to her was, at least you didn't have that. At least you didn't go that far. And I heard those words coming out of my mouth and immediately felt bad about it because I knew what I had just done. I guess what I'm saying is that we all do this. Many of us do this and we don't even realize that we're doing it. So when I say that the, that the comparer is one of the reactions to pain, it's not to place judgment on that person. It's, it's to just share that this is one of the reactions because we find it so difficult to just listen. We want to somehow ease that person's pain. And we, and we think that sharing that somebody else has gone through it too, or someone else has the same story that it's going to make them feel not so bad but it feels them it makes them feel like they are not unique their story is not special so that's number 2 the compare number 3 is the fixer and these are quite often the guys in our life but there are many women in our lives who who do this as well and 
this is the person who's going to fix your problem for you. She believes that there are definitive ways of getting out of your mess, your grief, whatever it is, and you just simply haven't followed the formula. So this is the person who will say something like, just relax and you'll get pregnant again. I'm sure that you've heard that one before as, as I definitely heard it a lot of times. Um, this person might also say something like, you just need to keep busy, just distract yourself. So she's just telling you how to fix it without actually really fixing it. Quick interruption here to talk about creating your best year. We are just over six weeks into 2024. And if you haven't seen any improvement towards getting to your best year ever, even without kids, then you need to download my free guide on how to create it. You will discover what might be standing in the way of your best life. I've got three mistakes in there that you might be making that are keeping you stuck in grief and how you can really tap into what you truly desire in your life. You can get that free guide by going to sherryjohnson.ca slash best year. I will link that up in the bottom of the show notes so you don't have to worry about the spelling, but it's sherryjohnson.ca slash best year. It's a free guide. It's going to help you to create your best 2024, a year full of purpose and meaning and joy. So go grab that now and let's get back to the episode now. So that is number three. Number four is the reporter, as Glennon calls this person who uses this, this type of reaction or this, this um, reaction to ease your pain. This is someone who is a little too curious about the details. She might ask some probing questions. Um, it might appear initially that she's receiving the story, that she's listening But what this person is doing is just collecting your story. And this person will pass along that story to someone else. This is the person that will say, did you hear about so-and-so? Did you hear what happened to so-and-so? And sometimes that can be said in, in all, you know, with, with integrity and with true, Um, you know, this is something that you should know, but there are a lot of times when this is someone who is saying it because they want to be the first to be able to tell that story. Um, so it's, it's kind of an inappropriate way to support you. Um, and it does feel initially like they are supporting you, but they're still finding it difficult to just truly lean into your story. So that is one, two, three, four. That's number four. Number five is the victim. So I didn't have anyone in my life like this at the time that I went through my losses, but I have seen posts about this. So the victim is someone who has heard the news either secondhand or wasn't the first to hear it from you. And this person's hurt 
that you didn't tell her first or that you didn't tell her personally. So this is someone who, you know, who thinks she is the closest person to you or there's some reason why she should have been the first and she's actually playing the victim in your story. So this person is acting as though there's some sort of etiquette that exists inside of grief. And we all know that there isn't. Um, And hopefully this one hasn't happened to you. Um, But this is definitely someone who, who finds it difficult to to sit with you in your pain. This is someone who has a lot of pain herself and you've somehow hit a nerve with her by not sharing your story with her first or sharing it with her personally. So that's number five, someone who plays the victim. And then number six is what Glennon calls the God rep. So this is someone who believes that that she knows what God wants and feels led to share that. I had one of these in my life. She sent me a book about how God would suggest that I handle my miscarriage. Um, and I know that this person meant well. Um, but it actually really triggered me when I received that because it just wasn't what I needed at the time. So you may have someone like that in your life as well. Um, those, all of these, the people who use these reactions, they all mean well, they all have good hearts. Um, but they are really finding it difficult to sit with you in your pain, to really, truly listen. Sitting with you in your pain means that, that they're truly listening and they might also have to feel your pain by doing that. And that's really difficult because we all have our own pain. We all have our own wounds, our own, our own stuff that we've been through and your pain can sometimes trigger their own. I'm not repeating these reactions so that we all start judging our friends and family who've used them and anyone who falls into these categories has either not been taught how to support you herself because she's never received true support herself Or she just doesn't have that emotional capacity to sit with you in your pain. And that's because she's in too much pain of some sort herself. So those are, those are the six types of reaction to pain. So this is, that's really why, why you're not getting the support that you need, why it's not working, why the people that you've been going to, if you're getting any of these reactions, those are not the right people to give you the support that you need. So I want to describe the seventh type of reaction to pain. And I've already alluded to this. This is the true supporter. So this is someone who can really listen to you, to look into your eyes as you're telling your story. Um, This is the person who just gives you a hug. She offers to listen and not to talk. She doesn't offer advice or so-called words of comfort she simply listens. And if you have a true supporter in your life, I will tell you that it is very rare. And if you don't have someone who's a true supporter in your life, that's okay. Because I'm going to tell you where you can get support anytime you need it. And it's not likely in the place 
where you'd first look. It's probably where you least expect it. I'm wondering if you know where that is. If you haven't guessed yet, it's within yourself. You have everything you need within yourself to support yourself. And let me tell you, this is way more than self-care. Self-care might be part of it, getting a massage, getting, going for a spa treatment, um, sitting in a nice long bath. All those things kind of are self-care. But the kind of self-care or support that I'm talking about is truly listening to yourself. It's, it's giving you the support that you look for in other people. It's listening to what you're feeling. It's allowing yourself to have enough quiet time to actually feel your own pain. Because when you feel your own pain, you can then release it. So this isn't actually about feeling sorry for yourself. It's not about being the victim. It's just about feeling your emotion and understanding it and trusting that it's there for a reason. reason. And (laughs) it's also one of the most counterintuitive things you can do for yourself. We are hardwired to avoid exactly this. So, and society tells us to avoid our pain. We've talked about this before. We have an innate desire to avoid our pain. All humans do. We keep ourselves busy. We bury it. We try to avoid thinking about it. We try to numb it out with sedatives or with alcohol or with drugs or with Netflix, sometimes even work. And yet none of these will actually heal your pain. The only thing that will heal your pain is by taking some action that will allow you to feel it and then release it. Let me tell you what happens when you don't do this. So if you don't release it, your grief will resurface in some other form or it will resurface later down the road, a year down the road, months down the road, many years down the road, and it might be disguised as some other emotion. It could be irritation, it could be jealousy, it could be anger. And this could happen over the course of the rest of your life. I know women who had a pregnancy loss many, many years ago and still have unresolved grief that is affecting their lives now. It's affecting their ability to feel joy and live a happy life. And it also affects their ability to to support others. They, they still feel that pain themselves, so they can't support their, their children or their siblings or their own friends and family. So I have two options for you at this point. You can continue to operate as you have been, expecting to find that comfort in your friends and family and never truly be supported, unless, of course, you're one of the lucky ones who has someone in your life who is that that true supporter, but you can also learn how to support and nurture yourself. You've heard me talk about my online program, and I do go deeper on this topic in that program, which I'm opening up again very soon, and I'm very excited about it. But in the meantime, I mentioned that I have a special free PDF download for you. And this is called five ways to feel better in five. 
So there's, there's five, five recommendations in that PDF that will help you feel better in five minutes. So if you would like that, head over to the show notes at sherryjohnson.ca slash 30 to get your free download. It's there in the show notes. Once again, sherryjohnson.ca slash 30. And that is a wrap for today. So I'll be back next week with another episode and I will look forward to reconnecting with you then. Bye for now. Before you head out, I would be forever grateful if you left me a review on iTunes as that's going to help other women who are suffering from miscarriage or infertility to find this podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'll be back next Thursday with another episode for you. In the meantime, make it a week of nurturing and healing for yourself. Bye for now.